What's up, everyone? It's Ben, Ryan, and Chase here. Hope everyone is enjoying the beautiful weather. Um, we are excited to get podcast number three ready, ready to go. And anyone do anything fun with the uh, beautiful weather out? Yeah, I did. I actually been taking advantage of it and been golfing. So I went out over the weekend and played a par three, a chip and putt. And then today I went out and played uh, just a nine hole because everything was booked up with an 18 hole course because it was a beautiful day. And I don't know, just everyone had the, I think a lot of people took the day off too, just to have a long weekend maybe. And uh, we got out pretty early. We had a 9.30 tea time, and which I thought was pretty early too. When it was foggy out, still a little bit cold too. It didn't burn off until later in the day. And uh, we were moving pretty quick. The guys in front of us, they got to play through and we got stuck behind this old couple. And classic. Yeah. So the problem was, is that they were, I guess, new. It's probably their first few times out, which is okay. But at the same time, they were taking forever. Like this lady would tee off and take six shots, at least to get onto the fairway and then take like another six. And the problem I had with the two was I hit a shot into their fairway, which was my fault. It was just a bad shot hooked one over there and it landed in the sand trap and they were on the tee box. And I was like, all right, I'm going to skip it. So at this point we were probably halfway through and it taking forever. Like we would tee off, wait, see this lady waddling around, taking forever, missing all of her putts. And when I hit the shot over there, I was like, all right, we're going down. It's kind of like a dog leg and we're going to hook back. So on the way around, I'm just going to grab the ball. And when I went to go get the ball on the way around, it was gone. And Ryan, do you know what ball it was? It was the SpongeBob ball. Oh, not the SpongeBob ball. Yeah, one of the balls had a little pack. And uh, I had two of them. And the first drive hit one, it goes right in the water. So that was the first SpongeBob ball. Second SpongeBob ball gets stolen by this lady. And now I'm pissed because she's taking forever. And now she just stole my ball for like no apparent reason. Like, why would you take that ball? Yeah, no way she was playing a SpongeBob ball too. (laughs) Yeah, you know what you're playing. And no one's playing a SpongeBob ball out on the golf course. Yeah, and I was pissed because I started walking over there. And they were on the tee box. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be in the way. I hate when people do that to me. And I was like, I see where it is. I doubt someone's going to pick it up, like, especially at this time of year and everything. But anyways, we get to the final hole and it's just like a, it's a small 120 yards, nothing big. And we're waiting at this point. Like we're backed up, finish the hole. There's the guys behind us that finished the hole too. So there's two groups of people. I'm a group of three and they're a group of two. And the, these two are on the tee box and it took at least six shots to get on and there's like, it's one where the tee box is here. There's a big, like not a lake, but just some water. And then the actual green is over there. So there's nothing so, in between. So there's not a lot of wiggle room. It's just like, not a lot of wiggle room. The green. 120 yards. This lady pulls out her driver. <laughs> I was like, okay, interesting move. It's it. It goes maybe 30 yards and just nosedives into the water. Okay. So we're watching this from when we were putting. So we see like her first two shots, we get done, we go over to the cards and we're waiting and she's like, Oh, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. She was wearing a sweatshirt, glasses, hat, takes off everything. Just her shirt was like, comes down to her shirt and then takes out like three more shots. All of them just go right into the water. Was one and of the SpongeBob balls? Most likely. Yeah. She probably <laughs> lost it, but she probably <laughs> lost it a few holes before that because like in between the middle and the end. Anyways, all I got to say is like, if any type of like, I don't like when people are up my butt when I'm golfing. Like I like to have some distance in between. I, I feel like you guys are the same way. Like I like to have a good flow going and like when you have a good flow going, then you can have the chance to take one or two extra shots, like drop oh, yeah. a ball or yeah. Like, all right, I'm going to like, say you got to that hole. It's 120 yards. There's water. You got a few balls. It's towards the end. All right. I'm going to burn a few off because we got a, we got some time. That's not what happened. And that kind of pissed me off, not going to lie. Because I, I, I literally, just don't do that. I literally get golfing anxiety, and I will, and you guys know this, I will force us to yeah. wait at the group behind, especially if it's like, if you're like a group of, if we're a group of four and there's two people behind us, I'm letting them play through all day. You get a walk or you let them play through. And like, I don't know, you just know if people are up, like you're butt yeah. waiting, and it's just courtesy to let them go through if anything yeah. Yeah, like, remember at the golf outing, 
and the group behind us, like it was the last hole, and they were just right there, like their shot, their tee outs were like landing right behind us, like yeah. a couple yards behind us. Yeah. So like that. I don't, I'm not about that. And like they were like, they wanted that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they wanted us to come in the box and like just forcibly play through. But it, I don't know. They just didn't have any awareness for it. Yeah, there's definitely a certain golf etiquette that people who are newer to the game don't aren't aware of. Um, and with that, there's a lot of uh, big golf tournaments coming up. The Arnold Palmer Invitational, the players. So we'll have to touch on touch on some of those as we start playing golf here soon as well. Um, but as we kick off the podcast, um, XFL first week pretty interesting saw some pretty neat games and some new rules anyone want to touch on some of those yeah i can touch on some of them i thought the extra point rules that they have where it's just a scenario where you don't have to you can just decide to have a play i thought that was pretty interesting i kind of forgot about that as a all rule holdover from the original xfl what about you guys yeah, I liked the uh, the option for the fourth and fifteen to get the ball back. Um, mm-hmm. Made for some interesting late game drama, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, just like that, and even the three point conversion, some interesting plays and potential for the NFL. I don't think they would ever do it, yeah. but it just makes for a mm-hmm. you know interesting game of football. Some weird scores that happen. I think I think a few years ago the NFL actually. It might have been around the time where they pushed the kickoff back and like the first like year or two they were adjusting because there were so many touchbacks. I'm pretty sure they actually talked about doing that fourth and 15. Um, and basically like if you wanted to go for the onside kick, it would just be you have to convert it. But then a lot of people were like the game starting with a punt is kind of stupid. And I think mm. that they voted against it. But in the sense of – like being able to convert, which actually happened in one of the games too. I, I, I like that just because the onside kick is fun to watch, but they never can convert them because guys can't get a running start now in the NFL. So, Right. And kickoff's the same way. I like the way the XFL does it because you actually get some action. And it doesn't seem as like with the NFL, they're saying a safety thing. And the XFL doesn't seem to be as rough or as brutal as it could have been, which I thought pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, we'll see how week two goes. A lot of lower scoring games. And it was weird seeing some of the spreads, just the odd numbers that you don't usually see with football because of a lot of those extra points and different rules. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think XF, I think the original reboot right before the COVID year, the first XFL, I remember games being lower scoring, all the over-unders mm-hmm. being like in the 30s. And it's kind yeah. of weird because you can get like two, three point conversions and stuff like that but um i don't know i guess when the talent isn't as like pumped as the nfl defenses have like a better chance to thrive um overall yeah and you saw that this week there was a lot of games that up until the third quarter fourth quarter teams had comebacks like double digit comebacks yeah yeah i saw more than two or three teams yeah I saw Ben DiNucci basically blew the game for the for the Sea Dragons because he had yeah. two picks and a fumble. Like I'm pretty sure it was all in the second half too, and just completely yep. choked away the game for them. That's oh, yeah. okay. Josh Gordon still balled out. <laughs> Josh Gordon had a nice day. Yeah, yeah. He had a solid day. Yeah, he had six catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. So Ryan, do you have anything else to add as far as XFL and just? stuff you thought of this weekend yeah i mean obviously like we were saying about defenses dominating i mean ben denucci and pax and lynch with terrible games pax and lynch pax and lynch now um officially the first quarterback to get benched in four professional football leagues uh the xfl the usfl the cfl and obviously he was trash in the nfl um, still seems kind of cocky though. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was crazy. I feel like AJ McCarron actually, who had like a brief stint in the NFL, I think, I feel like he had the best day. And also, I know Ben hates uh, Kalen Balage and he was a terrible NFL running back, but I also saw he had really good numbers too. But yeah, I mean, overall, the defenses were dominating, and I was like reading a little bit about it and, um, for the Roughnecks, their linebacker, Trent Harris, had a monster game. 
he actually had four sacks and I was like, whoa, like, I feel like that's noticeable. I mean, they won 33 to 12, but he played a big part in it. So I was like, how comes I don't remember this guy from the NFL? And I actually did some, some background research on him and he went to the university of Miami and he played four years there. And in four years, he only had 15 sacks. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? And then he obviously went into the NFL. Um, I think he was playing defensive end in the NFL, but he jumped around. I think the Ravens actually signed him and cut him before the season started in uh, 2021. But um, I actually had a trivia question. I, I don't know. I got really into this Trent Harris guy, and I was doing some yeah. research. And I don't know if you guys wanted this trivia question on him. Yeah, okay. let's do it. All right. So back in 2019, he was uh, he was on the Dolphins, and that was a pretty bad season. They went five and eleven that year, and. He actually played uh, – he had a huge play to help the Dolphins win this game 38-35 to 35 in overtime. He had a strip sack against a quarterback that was recovered by Andrew Van Ginkle. I don't know if you remember that guy at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the question is, who, who did, who did um, Trent Harris have the strip sack against? And they won 38-35 in OT. Was it against Andy Dalton and the Bengals, Sam Darnold on the Jets, or Carson Wentz on the Eagles? You guys have any idea? What year was this? 2019. I believe Patrick was the QB that year for the Dolphins, and they had some terrible losses. I think the Ravens beat them like 52 to like 10. Oh, yeah. We won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds like something Darnold would do, so I'm going to go Jets, but that's that's going to be my guess. I, I don't know, though. I'll go Carson once. All right, you're both are wrong. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding me? Of course. Oh. Was just, it was just weird because, of course, the Dolphins had a weird year that year, and they were bad, but they had yeah. a couple good wins, and the one was against the Bengals in the OT. I think that might have been Dalton's last year in Cincinnati. Oh uh, yeah, true. I kind of thought he was off them by then. But no, I, I interesting. Was just, that was, I was a lost out. Yeah. That was a great question. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the NX, XFL. I always think it's going to do better than the US, yeah. USFL, and it's it's exciting too. So I'm excited for week two coming up. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully it becomes you know we see some of these guys make some NFL rosters too, and starts becoming a you know, almost like a minor league type NFL league. So yeah, that'd be neat to see. Yeah. Plus it's nice to have football in the spring too. Yeah. I mean, they should have some type of minor league team anyway. Every other sport does it. Baseball has like five teams. And I mean, with the NFL, I know you have a lot of injuries. So a lot of guys do get opportunities, but the practice squad, it's so easy to jump from team to team throughout like four years and then just uh, like give up, you know, I don't even want to go through it anymore. Some players are more dedicated than others, but minor league football would be would be nice, especially to test out rules, yeah. like baseball does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good well, rules. That didn't work out yet. They had, the rules yeah. have to be good. But on that note, if no one else has anything else about the XFL, we'll go on to the NBA. Um, and obviously, the NBA is back tonight as we're recording this. But uh, we had the All Star break and All Star weekend. And I don't know if anyone watched. Obviously, Sixers Matt McClung took home the uh, the dub in the slam dunk contest. But anyone anyone see the All Star game itself or any comments on that? No, no. I I was hyped. I saw. I actually watched the highlights of just Mac McClung's dunk because I didn't want to waste my time again. But he did amazing. Uh, kind of reminded me of like spud wet out there just like flying all over the place but i know the three-point contest i completely bricked on my picks i mean buddy Hill got to the final round but i should have known that dame would turn into dame and just drain everything including the do ball for the win um but i'm just more excited to get back to the to the regular season i think what you said last week kind of was driven home this weekend that the three-point contest is one of the only parts of the all-star weekend that's kind of interesting to watch the rest of it just seemed to lack 
any watchability at all. <laughs> yeah. And especially when some of these people are playing this, but they won't play in regular season games. So it's kind of like, I don't, it's a game that doesn't mean anything. Jokic had four points, I think. I don't know if that's what he finished with, but. I, yeah. And these guys are just, there's, it's just, it's not even entertaining to watch. So they got to figure out some way to change it. I mean, it's not as bad as the Pro Bowl, but it wasn't entertaining. And baseball seems to be the only all-star game that's still fun fun to watch. Yeah, because I think you can play baseball better without, like, like you can take the pedal off but not make it seem like you're just giving it. Like, just watching the all-star game for basketball is just, I don't know. Like, it's worse than just watching a pickup game somewhere in a park. Like, that, I, they actually put more effort into it. And I get they don't want to get injured and whatnot, but even the skills competitions aren't great. They only have two. Yeah, they're garbage. Yeah, and Mac McClung's not a starter either. He had to get promoted. He made more money winning the dunk competition than he did playing in the NBA, which he's played a few years now. But he's it's just always been his thing. He's always been a dunking prodigy from YouTube to making it to the NBA. Yeah, it's unfortunate that the dunk contest has become what it is and you have guys that most of them you never really heard of. Um, it seems like ever since like the Gordon and Levine dunk contest, it's just been downhill. That they ruined for giving Levine yes. both times. Agreed. Yeah. Because yeah. now Gordon won't do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm honestly done with the week with the all-star weekend talk. Um, but I feel like the, it comes at the good time. Like we talked about last week, you have the trade deadline and now it's basically like, there's only 25 games left for each team. So you're, it's almost like you're three quarters of the way through the season. And you got any second half playoff predictions or just predictions in general? Um, for me, I was looking and I know we always say the West is strong, but teams really start to turn on the gas here. And this is where you like to see really competitive regular season basketball, which I love. And there was like a few teams. I was like, what the heck? And the one was the Kings currently in the three spot in the West. I have no idea if they're going to be able to sustain that or not. I always liked Darren Fox and Harrison Barnes balls out on that massive contract. Oh my but, gosh. But I mean, th they play hard. And I mean, just looking through it right now, I feel like, the Clippers have gotten a ton of heat, mainly because the last couple of years they haven't won anything with Paul George and Kawhi, and they haven't even played that much together. But they're quietly in the four hole right now, and I don't know. I just, I just feel like they're due for a, a long playoff run. I, I don't want to pick them to go to the finals yet, but they're definitely underestimated and um, about to pick up Russ. Paul George, uh, Kawhi, you know, and then just an overall solid team. I feel like the Clippers are the team to watch in the West right now. Obviously the Suns too, but the Clippers are like my sleeper pick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Kawhi, I mean, he's played 34 games this year. That's a lot for him. Better watch, watch himself. <laughs> you might have to set up the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him to get hurt or anything. But yeah, the Clippers, I mean, they're they're definitely a dangerous team if they're healthy. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what those teams do. And I even even the Thunder in the that 10 hole. So that young team, I mean, I know it's gonna be the sweepstakes for uh the number one pick next year, too. So it'll be interesting to see because it seems like it's a clear cut uh number one pick with uh Victor. I don't want to pronounce his last name because I know I'm going to screw it uh, up. Yeah, Wembyama um, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets him. Um, just seven four. I mean, you haven't. I haven't. We haven't seen anyone like him in a in a minute. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just just looking at the East standings again, and with the Sixers having Embiid and James Harden, um, there should be no way that they don't get out of the second round. Like if, if they choke some dumb playoff games and doc doesn't know how to rotate the guys off the bench and go with like a seven or eight guy rotation, maybe even nine guys, whatever he has to do. 
I if how it's looking right now, you got Boston in the first spot, Milwaukee in the second, and the Sixers in the third. And those three teams are pretty evenly matched up. And the Sixers continuously have lost to like the Celtics in the past five years. I feel like at least two or three times in the playoffs. There should be no reason why they can't get out of the second round. The first round should be like last year. Uh, right now, the Cavs are in the fifth spot or the fourth spot. I'm sorry. And what's up, Ben? No, just I think you're underestimating the Knicks a bit, isn't it? Wouldn't that be the first round matchup at the moment? Uh, yes, it, it <laughs> would. And by that time, all your starters are going to be gassed from Tom Thibodeau playing them 46 minutes on the season. <laughs> so, you know what? I can't argue with that. That's probably pretty true. <laughs> No, I mean you just uh, need your Knicks, like you said. They need to hang on to that six five. They're not in the playing game to get to get a full playoff series for them. No, I don't see them getting past the Sixers. But I was just I was just giving you a hard time because I saw they were in the sixth spot and they would be at current standings matched up with the Sixers. Yeah, that, I was actually just looking at the standings too. And Cleveland's interesting because like I have the standings in the expanded layout and it's just saying. um, like three point games, 10 point games versus 500 teams and below 500 teams. And obviously they have the same amount of wins as the Sixers at this point, 38 and they're four and seven in three point games, 20 and 26 and eight in 10 point games, which is actually pretty high for the Eastern conference. It's like second best. Uh, It's actually the best in the East. They're terrible against 500 better teams though. They're about 500 against them, but, and they destroy the, bad teams they're 23 and 7 so the Knicks also destroy the bad teams but they're not very good against the winning teams yeah yeah six and oh in overtime for the Cavs yeah pretty, pretty yeah crazy. also that too that's pretty wow that's pretty impressive the Cavs are a young squad and kind of underlooked I guess right now. yeah I mean it's exciting because there was there was some big moves and it'll be interesting to see how like Kevin Durant and the Suns play out but yeah it's definitely wide open again it's it feels like the year where it was the Suns and the Bucks in the finals. And that was like, for me, it was a fun finals to watch Giannis take over. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just sometimes the narratives are fun, like the Warriors, Cavs, Spurs, Heat, stuff like that. But at the same time, it's cool to see new players get a time to shine. Uh, we say how like the NBA does a really good job marketing. So all the stars you already know, but sometimes fan favorites, the sixth, seventh guy off the bench, getting some minutes in the finals and hitting some big threes. Just hope it's – I mean, I know it, it's hard for the Sixers to get there. They're going to have Bobby to get through the Bucks and the and the Celtics. But, boy, uh, oh, they better get out of the second round. Yeah. All right. So, um, just a reminder, everyone, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're looking to get onto other uh, other platforms, but feel free to check us out. We're going to have a quick intermission and be right back. And welcome back to After Further Review. We're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic now. It's coming up real quick. March 8th is actually the first uh, first game. So why don't we touch on that? And Ryan, you want to get us started? Yeah, I mean, just first off, the World Baseball Classic hasn't been played since 2017. Um, traditionally, it's kind of like the Olympics every four years. Obviously, COVID messed it up. But since baseball is not in the Olympics... Um, for me, this is just a really cool time because it gives players a chance to represent their country and obviously the sport that they love to play every day. And not only do they get a chance, but most players want to play in it. Like no matter where you're from, if you know you're going to be on a bad team, a really good team, you want to be a part of it. You want to be a coach. You want to be around for the games. And I just think I just think it's cool because I mean everyone hypes up the Olympics for representing your country. Well, this is like the Olympics for baseball, in my opinion, at least. And it's at a good time because it's right before the MLB season starts. So everyone kind of gets into it and then it's go time. But um yeah, I actually had a, another quick trivia question. I don't know if you guys always down uh, for some trivia. Yes. Okay. All right. So officially there have only been four world baseball classics so far um and three countries have won it oh i know this and do you do you already know the three countries yeah, that i've been looking it up <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, chase do you want chase do you want to guess any I of won't them say it first chase you you definitely know ben yes all right chase you can guess all right 
Japan. Yes. U- U.S. Yes. And give me that Puerto Rico. Close. Dominican. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what she's won it twice? Japan. Japan. They won the 20, 2006 and 2009. Yeah. They dominated those first two. Nice and day. the U.S. won most recently, right? Yeah, 2017 or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Dice K. He was dealing. Yeah, he won MVP. Yeah, I think he Dice won MVP K. both those teams. Yeah, and Marcus Stroman won the MVP for um, 2017 for USA. Yeah. Do you guys? This was a random baseball game I watched in like maybe 2007. Okay. And it was the Red Sox and the Yankees. And I remember Dice K was pitching, and I think he was going up against uh, um, Kevin Euclid. No, no, no. He was uh, on the Red Sox. <laughs> he went to the Yankees. That's yeah, funny. why am I blanking on his name? The Yankees DH, like early 2000s, Asian fella. Uh, oh, Hideki Matsui. Matsui. Yeah, Matsui. So it was Matsui versus Dice K. And I remember for that at bat, they went to like a Japanese – all Japanese broadcast oh, just for that at bat. And I thought it was the craziest shit. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I understand none of it, but I just thought that was like interesting. Yeah, dude, my, just random Dice K was so highly touted yeah. when he came in. He was like, I, I remember that. Wow. Yeah, what a time. This makes me want to play the show right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah did, they, I wish I had a uh, World Baseball Classic option. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they should. They really should. Maybe they do on this upcoming edition. I don't know. If anyone's listening from MLB The Show, maybe add that in. And if you've never played it, go get it right now. Yes, seriously. Yeah, and we'll, I mean, even for the World Baseball Classic, it's kind of crazy how Japan isn't known for a ton of sports, but like their baseball league is probably second after like the MLB, I know that I know that they're gonna be I'm pretty sure they might be hosting some world baseball classic games. I know Miami and Phoenix are the two spots in the US, but it's only played at like four or five cities and obviously like Japan's always good. They're good in the Little League World Series, they're good in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. 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 And so just to go over real quick, the uh basically how the World Baseball Classic works is the first pool play, um, two teams come out of the, out of the, each division. So there's four. There's Group A, B, C, and D. And then after that, it becomes an 18, 18-team single elimination bracket. Um, so Pool A, I'll just run quickly through. Pool A is Chinese Taipei, Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, and Panama. Pool B is Australia, China, Japan, Korea, and Czech Republic. Pool C is Canada, Colombia, Mexico, USA, and Great Britain. And Pool D is a tough one. Dominican Republic, Israel, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. Nicaragua's first time ever World Baseball Classic. So it'll be interesting to see. There's some some deep deep competition for some of these. There should be no reason the U.S. doesn't get out of Pool C, right? Yeah, so Pool C, uh, the USA should should be getting out um colombia and mexico are definitely um a mm. bit a bit sneaky um there's some good good players on the team great britain and canada canada does have freddie freeman playing for him this year but they don't have a lot else a lot else going for him so i would i would venture to say usa is pretty safe especially with the, the roster they got i mean they they got everybody to, to play pretty much they are lacking a bit on the pitching side but I think Classic, Kershaw, Kershaw Team Canada left handed slugging first baseman. Yeah. Freddie Freeman, Justin Morneau, Joe Mauer, Joey Votto. Yeah. I mean, Mexico's got a, a, a really good starting rotation because they got Urias, yeah. who's pitching. Um, they also got like a Rose Arena who's playing. And um, that's where yeah. Oliver Perez is on that team. Oh, yeah. Um, just so they, they definitely have a good rotation. That's what worries me about. USA is a rotation like they're relying on Wainwright and Nestor Cortez and guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the US roster, we're loaded in hitting. But when I look at Adam Adovino, I just 
over under two and a half innings before he gets shelled. Come on, <laughs> you better show out for the U.S. team. Dude, in one inning, he's he's good. That 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 slider just. Oof. Yeah, they're kind of do or die by the offense. They're pitching could go out and give them one run over eight or six over three. So, yeah, yeah I would I would definitely say for um, for Group C at least, I would say Colombia and USA would be my two. Uh, Mexico's good, but I just think Colombia's got a got a pretty good pitching staff as well. And who's on Colombia's pitching staff? They got yeah. Jose. Yeah, they got Jose Quintana uh, on yeah. there. Um, yeah. Money. <laughs> they got uh, Julio Tehran's on the team too. Money. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure you guys remember him. Um, they got a couple these in minor league guys um, as well, and um, they got. I mean, catching. They got Alfaro back on the backstop. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think the team's definitely. You know, I think they're a, a good. They're going to battle with Mexico, but I think USA is going to advance. Yeah, yeah Mexico's pitching is pretty stout. They have Arquiti, right, too? They do. Yeah, um, it's pretty tough. Yeah, no, no, Mexico's, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I just, I think, Colum- I don't know why, I just think Colombia's <laughs> Colombia's going to get there. But, yeah. What's Wait, your so- sleeper pick? Oh, yeah, do you have a sleeper pick? I do. It's not Colombia, though. Okay. So I, I'll, just I'll like go Columbia. Th- yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'll go through. I have, I did a two top two for each one that I think is going to advance um, for each group. Um, so for group a, I have my first uh, team is Cuba. I think they're going to, they got a pretty solid team this year. They got Mancata, uh, Luis Robert is on the team and a lot of guys who you don't see much, obviously because they play in Cuba, but they're, really good national players as well. Um, and they always seem to perform pretty well on this stage. Um, the other one is the Netherlands, who um, looking at their roster, you might think Panama or maybe even Taiwan, but the Netherlands have basically done better each World Baseball Classic that they've been in. Um, and last year, not last year, 2017, they got to the semifinals and barely lost to Puerto Rico in extra innings. Um, so they're, they could be, and they have Sharon Martez on that team. And I don't know if you guys remember him. He was in the majors briefly, but he pitched a no hitter in the first world baseball classic at like 24 and he's still pitching on that team. Ah, um, and wow. he's probably going to be one of their top starters. So, yeah, I mean, they got, you know, they have a Damn. pretty, yeah, they Alexander got, Bogarts. Yeah. DDs yeah. on the team. Uh, you scope. Know, scope scope brothers because his brother oh, plays yeah, the yeah. Amsterdam national team yeah um, and the uh what's his face uh Ballatin, you remember him from the, yeah vladimir Ballantin. Yeah. yeah yeah he so, had like what 60 homers in the japanese league or something yeah i think he is the all-time i think he's the all-time kbo like single season home yeah run. or the korean league yeah yeah or korean league yeah so um yeah. for group for group b japan it's gonna come out of there that's yeah they're gonna blast everyone <laughs> pretty much a no-brainer um and then other than that it's pretty much korea the other i mean czech republic is not gonna put up a fight china has barely had any baseball because of the restrictions they've their their league has barely played at all um so korea is gonna i think advance and they also have a guy named jung hoog lee who's mm-hmm. 24 and been raking and he's probably gonna be posted next year to be in the majors and he's he's yeah he's only 24 so there'd be post at 25 is probably gonna get a good contract and he's hit 342 over there so look for him to to advance um group c i said usa and columbia yeah i mean usa's rostered anyone can go look up that that's the roster stack mm-hmm. um, it's an all-star group, roster yeah and group d is the tough one because that between Dominican Republic, Venezuela, and Puerto Rico, those are three teams that legit could probably win it all. So that's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. 
it's yeah, a shame what, one of them are getting bounced. That's what I'm saying. What? Yeah. How did the the, the the like the group stages like pick? Because I feel like all three yeah. of these teams. And you have Israel, who was who went really far in 2017. They got way farther than anyone thought they would. I think they yeah. went um, either to the round of eight or semifinals and barely lost. I know they got put in the Shark Tank division. Yeah, and Nicaragua's yeah. first first one ever. That yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of hope eventually this turns into like how international soccer is, when there's always like friendlies and stuff, and then it, games that'll qualify for tournaments, and then it. it that'll place your seating like that'd yeah. be great for baseball to have that because then you wouldn't have a division like group d where it's like well what the hell why you're taking out some of the best teams in like the first round yeah actually i didn't even think about that chase that's a good yeah. point so these guys haven't played i mean obviously some of them are teammates and stuff yeah but like the u.s hasn't played a uh-huh. friendly or in any other type of competition like like international soccer does and they could there's a a million baseball stadiums everywhere there's a you know that could hold a professional game and you know especially a world qualifying game i don't know i think that'd be cool and you could do tournaments in the fall like in the fall or in the winter time because these guys are working on anyways and it'd be great for some players who are maybe like rehabbing from injury to get this instead of holding a showcase like live action it's not going to count against them contract wise they, so I did look it up, yeah. and they do have world rankings. I just don't know what they base well, all they that. base that right because on your roster. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think a lot of like baseball, like Japan, you got teams like Japan who play. I think a lot of international and like you, Team USA, when they play, generally that is this is not the team that they play with at all. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, it's like the like college age kids and prospects. Right. Right. Whereas maybe other, yeah. so those rankings, even though they, I think they are there, they don't really mean anything. It's kind of pointless. Yeah. So, so what do you, do you get four pool games and do you play every team once? Do you know? Do you know how I that think works? so. Yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. You and then, to... and then it's just straight single elimination. Yep. In... So then top two and then straight single elimination uh, to go through. It's kind of brutal. It's crazy in a game of series. <sighs> just a bunch of wild OG wild yep. card rounds about to come up. Yeah. Yeah. I my sleeper to win was Venezuela. Cause I just oh. I think that team, I mean, if they get out of the first round, which is obviously the big if, but yeah, I mean that that team, their lineup is as good as any lineup. I mean, none of the Cunha's playing. They got Altuve, Luis Arias. I mean, Salvi's back there. Andres Jimenez, yeah. Miggy's playing. Miggy's hit a home Jinx. run in every single World Baseball Classic since it That's started. Crazy. So we'll see. And if their pitching staff's pretty good too. Yeah, Ranger Suarez yeah. and Alvarado is playing oh, for yeah, both love it. Venezuela. Two lefties. Alvarado's <laughs> going now. Alvarado, you know, Alvarado's giving up a deep home run shot to someone. You say Alvarado? Yeah, you know it's coming. He's going to have someone down 0-2, six pitch at bat. He's just going to leave one right over the middle, and they're going to crush it. I wonder I wonder what the odds are for Venezuela just to make it out of the group stage. That's definitely – I don't know. That's a juicy play. That's my, that's my pick if, that, if we're making a pick. Yeah. I mean, they have a they have a good, you know, lineup. And Dominican Republic, I know that's like the, the favorite probably just because of that lineup. The lineup, um, yeah. But – Let's see if Robin yeah. Cano, how much he plays. Yeah, if also he's juiced, if he's juiced up again, he'll play. I mean, he's yeah, allowed to be. He's not yeah. is he even playing in the majors. I don't know. I don't think so. He might be still getting paid. Yeah. But I don't think he's coming. Yeah, I was kind of thinking Cuba has a chance just because their group, their pool A, it's not hard, so they can probably make it out. And then you're just playing whoever made it that far, so they're pretty good. They're a lot of them young talent, like you were saying proven mlb players so it'll be interesting all the games are going to be really good so something to look forward to and, and that's march 8th through the 21st right so it kind of it it ends right around when march madness starts kind of a, it's a fun time for sports for sure yeah no there'll be a lot to talk about i think there's you know this will be fun especially because it's been five six years now since we've had the last one all right but 
just looking at this, we have to make a bracket. I'm just going to say yeah. it. Ne- next, yeah, we got for, to. next week's show, we're making a bracket. Yeah. We're, we're all coming up with picks. Obviously, we basically know who Ben's already going with. So I'm going to half copy that. I could change it. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a tough bracket to fill out. I know that. A lot of brackets being filled out. Last week, we did our way too early MLB predictions. <laughs> We have March uh, Madness coming up. Yeah, March Madness is like a, a minimum yeah. of eight packets you have to fill out. We'll have to do a hockey bracket, basketball bracket, obviously, for the finals. We have not touched on hockey yet. Yeah, we have not touched on hockey yet. He's not good until the playoffs anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's when everyone else checks in. <laughs> Someone told me the Bruins were doing good. I'm not having any yeah, the Bruins That's are... true. Doing great. The Flyers suck. So it's yeah, I feel like the Flyers have been the Pittsburgh Steelers are just like five hundred yeah. every year. Yep. And we'll somehow miss the number one overall pick, get someone mediocre at number two, and keep this train going for another ten years. We're ending the uh, ending the podcast here, but we want to go over a couple, maybe a personal segment. If anyone wants to touch on some cool, neat, uh, neat trivia or facts. Oh yeah, I'll, I'm in for the personal little fun segments just kind of like all over sports so i'm a big today in sports history guy and i actually got two two today in sports history facts but i could i can make it so you guys can try to guess that player Are you guys in yes yes, yes. all right all right so today in sports history the first one in 1968 this NBA player became the first player in NBA history to score 25,000 career points. Mm. You want me to repeat it? No. Um, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with Oscar Robertson. Chase, you have a guess? No. I don't even have a guess for this one. Really disappointed. Oh, points. No, I was just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really disappointed in both of you because it's my GOAT, Wilt oh. Chamberlain, oh. first player in NBA history in 1968 to score 25,000 points. There was no three-pointer then. Oh. This man just yep. got buckets on everyone. That's true. I think Oscar Robinson's rookie in 61. I don't know. Okay, anyway. All right, the second the second one's harder. So if you don't <laughs> oh no! Great, here we go. All right, all right. In 1983, this former NFL running back signed a five million three year contract with the USFL's New Jersey Generals. Do you have any idea who this former NFL running back was? Five million three year contract in 1983 with the USFL's New Jersey Generals. Of Bo Jackson. Well, that's a really good guess. Uh, I'm not going to tell you if it's right or not until Ben kisses. I don't. I don't know if I can come up with a guess on this one. Dang, that was hard. That's a hard one. Herschel Walker. Oh, yeah. Herschel Walker. <laughs> Damn, that's a good question though. Politician. Damn. Yeah, I, I was. It's kind of fun just to yeah. see that. I'll, I might keep that going. Yeah. No, that yeah. was that was fun. Hopefully yeah. everyone everyone enjoyed that. Maybe you guys, if you got it right, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Please, someone let me yeah. know if you get it right. Otherwise, I don't want to keep asking questions and <laughs> nobody knows. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I saw a stat, too, that Tony Gwentz once played 390 consecutive Bingley games without multiple strikeouts. That is untouchable in today's game yeah Tony Gwynn is so underrated for the player he was his hitting prowess so underrated are his are his baseball cards valuable some of them but I don't think as valuable as they should be yeah how many games was that Chase 390 consecutive games so what is that over a season? That's like three that's, seasons almost. That, yeah, yeah, that's at least two seasons of him just yeah. not having it. He's Multiple coming to the plate, outs. strikes out. You know the rest of the game he's not striking not out. Not striking out, yep. What yeah, that's heck? like uh, Yuli Gurriel. What was his thing? Do you remember that? He like no. he had so many at-bats without a fly-out or pop-out or something like that. It's, it's like he had like years in the postseason without a pop-out or something. 
Oh my gosh, no, I don't remember that yeah. exact thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was this weird little uh tidbit about Yuli Guriel. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Tony Gwynn is definitely an underrated player. But all right, I got one too here. So this is I can ask you guys, but it's more of just kind of fun fact type of stat. So I found something pretty interesting and it basically went through most home runs like of all time by each spot in the batting order. So they had to hit a home run in that batting order spot. So like, so number one, so the top of the order, any guesses? So who had the most home runs ever as a leadoff guy? Most home runs as a leadoff Um, guy. If they hit a home run in that day and we're batting second, that this doesn't count. All right, I'm just going to go. I might go a lot of homer picks. I'm going Jimmy Rollins. Okay. Okay. All right. I respect that. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be some like old timey guy, but I don't know, like Ricky Henderson, maybe. Yep. Ricky Henderson's correct. Chase, I was okay, ready to ask right. for a hint. That's ridiculous. Ricky Henderson, yeah. 293 from the leadoff spot. So in the second spot, I can let you guys Damn. guess or we can keep, I can just run, run them down. But number two. If you think it's somebody we're going to get, then I'm in, I guess. Uh, yeah. The top yeah. like five, you'll, you have a chance. The rest of them are tough. Just old. So like, from the two hole. Okay. Two hole, two hole hitter. Gotta be honest, my two hole hitter knowledge is pretty limited. <laughs> All right. So um, it's. Just give us a hint. A hint, maybe. Current player. Yeah. Oh. Player, current player. Can we get a team? Or is that going to give it away? Uh, I'll tell you, it's the Angels. Yeah. Oh. Is it Mike Trout? Yeah. Okay. Trout. Oh, he bats uh, second? Yep. Uh, all right. No, he, so not always, but he has yeah, the most. Not always, has, but he has the most. Homers, so yeah. number three. So from the three hole. I'm going to go Homer oh. pick again, Chase Utley. Okay. That was a bad <laughs> guess. <laughs> I guess. Three hole. Current player? No. Not current player. This was tough. I don't know. Babe Ruth, 553 home runs from the three hole. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Number four. It's old time player, too. Old time player. Mickey Mantle. Close, but no. Damn. Right idea. Uh, it's Lou Gehrig with 383. Lou Gehrig, all right, yeah, number right. five. I'm going to go through the rest of them because they're getting tougher. Yeah. Wait, 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 I have a quick five guess. Bobby okay. Abreu. Uh, um, is there, are, they, are they not current players? No. Okay. Um, five, Jimmy Fox. Okay, yeah. 203. Philadelphia Athletics, yeah. Yeah, now the next next four, so now they're getting tougher. So from the six okay. hole, you got Greg Nettles at 143 right. home runs from the six hole. Seven, Damn. Javi Lopez. With All 84 right. home runs from the seven oh, hole. Less than a hundred. I would have not gotten that. Number eight. That's insane. Del Crandall at 109 home runs from the eight hole. Okay. And then the nine hole, you have between Mike Bordick and Rick Dempsey with only 42 home runs from the nine hole. Who is Damn. the eight hole guy again? He raked in the eight hole. Del <laughs> Crandall. <laughs> Del Crandall. Crandall jersey. Gotta buy, get Del a car, Crandall. get a jersey. Just seven and nine of me are fascinating because it's less than 100 home runs, but you just, I guess, don't see consistently guys from those spots in the yeah. order hitting home runs. I guess there's All a right, lot of fluctuation, too. Uh, I Now, especially with the DH, like the seven through nine spot, I just feel like changes up so much. Put one off for Del Crandall. He died May 5th, 2021 at 91 years old. Oh, yeah. Dang. Dang. Did he have Good a decent life? Did he have a decent let's look career? At his stats. Yeah, let's look at his stats here. All right. So, oh my gosh, he debuted in 1949 at 19 years old. Dang. Whoa. And he's one of the, so, okay. And that was, so he's also one of these guys who, and that was with the Boston Braves. Then he missed two years because he was doing military, military service. Yeah. And then, he played until 1966. We had 16-year career. Well, 1959, he led the league in uh, ground into double plays with 24. Oh, you love it. And he sacrificed 250. in 1960. Yeah. 
250 batting average. Yeah. 179 homers. How many did he have in the eight hole? He was an 11 time all star, though, for a seven hole thing. That's impressive. Yeah. In the set. Wait, how many did he hit for the. He hit. Um, in the seven hole? 104, I believe it was. Yeah, okay. so I know it was. 100... Yeah, I knew it was so he had 179 in his 109. Career. 109 from the eight. So 100, 100. That's a yeah. So he had 179 in his career. Wow. So most of his home runs came. 11 time all star just raking from the yeah. eight. Hole. He had some decent years too. That's, yeah, he that's, did. Wow. He had 270, 294 at 30 years old. Wow. This guy's stealing bases. No, not really. Much well, all right. Else. Well, you guys got a little fun, <laughs> fun little tidbit from about Del Crandall there. Yeah, if anyone's got a Del Crandall baseball card, take oh, a yeah. picture of it. Let us know. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll we're looking them. to buy. We're looking to buy Del Crandall right now for sure. Yeah, looking to right, boost we'll... that Del Crandall market. Exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of of uh, cars, I got a little car trivia here to end it. Uh, did not there have Del go. Crandall there, unfortunately. I should have. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But, all right. We got two cards, same as last week. And I'm going to see which one you guys think is more valuable. So, first one, uh, always as PSA. So, 10 the highest. So, we got a 2007 Topps Chrome Marshawn Lynch rookie card. Oh, yes. In a PSA 10. There's 31 10s and 112 total graded. That's the one. Next one is a 2014 SP Authentic Rory McIlroy rookie card. Oh my gosh! Okay, you have 49 cards and 123 graded. Which one's more expensive? What year was McIlroy? 2014, and Marshawn Lynch is 2007. He, McIlroy was a rookie in 2014. That is when his rookie card is. It may also oh. be golfed and produced. I Good don't point. golf doesn't have a lot of cards, so it could be he was it was before. I don't know. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Um, I'm gonna go with the Marshawn Lynch card. I'm also going Marshawn Lynch. It is the Marshawn Lynch. I thought that Damn. would be a little harder, but yeah, I, I was mean, leading Rory. I'm not so gonna lie. They're closer <laughs> though. The Marshawn Lynch is a hundred seventy-five dollar card, and the McElroy's a hundred forty dollar card. All right. So I thought that would be an interesting comparison. Let's go work out of us. That's cool, though. I like I like Anna then showing some baseball card trivia. But, yeah, all right, guys. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show, Episode 3. Um, obviously, uh, go through a lot of different sports, like talk about our own sport adventures as well. Chase, I like that golf story to start us off. Yeah. Um, as always, let us know if there's anything you guys want us to talk about. But we really appreciate you listening. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, hopefully more soon. Uh, we just appreciate the support. And, yeah, let us know. After further review, Rod Red, Chizzy Chase, might drive a Rolls Royce 